IBUK Talk, the Insurance Business UK podcast. This episode is presented in partnership with Travellers. The needs and expectations of SMEs are changing. How can insurance professionals adjust to these and communicate effectively to clients to make the most of this market? To discuss this and more, we're joined by Jonathan Forster, SME Distribution Director with Travelers, and David Perry, Managing Director of FSB Insurance Service. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest edition of IBUK Talk, the insurance industry podcast brought to you by Insurance Business. My name is Mia Wallace, Senior News Editor of Insurance Business UK. And I will be your host for today for the discussion on the changing expectations of SMEs, how insurers need to cater for these and how brokers need to communicate them. I am delighted to be joined by David Parry, Managing Director of FSB Insurance Service and Jonathan Forster, SME Distribution Director for Travellers Europe. Many thanks to you both for joining me today. That's a pleasure. Good to be here. Thank you. And the SME space occupies a broad and frequently changing landscape. Um, I wondered if you would both mind introducing yourselves and your work within the SME sector, starting with you there, David, if I may. Of course. Um, I'm the Managing Director of FSB Insurance Service, as you said. Uh, That is uh, an insurance advisory business that was set up uh, four years ago by the Federation of Small Businesses. Uh, The FSB is Britain's largest business organisation. Uh, with a, a voice at Westminster and at both uh, at all of the devolved uh, parliaments uh, and uh, with 165,000 members uh, all over the country, uh, ranging from architects to zookeepers. So it really does represent the SME community uh, in the whole of the UK. Fantastic. I can imagine that's a role that keeps you extremely busy, David. Very busy and uh, uh, yes, indeed it does. It, no, day, no day is the same. Well, that sounds great. And how about yourself, Jonathan? What are your key duties of your role as SME Distribution Director? Hi, yes. So essentially responsible for kind of the strategy and distribution for um, a much misused word, actually, which is SME, which I'm sure David will agree. Um, but essentially uh, for the growth strategy and distribution for travellers' products in the UK and Ireland um, that could either be traded uh, electronically um, or manually still into our small business centre of excellence or via arrangements uh, that we call schemes and MGAs. So, and that's a strategy that uh, Travellers has set about probably about two to three years ago now. So relatively newcomer in this space. Well, it sounds like it's a, a great time to be speaking about the SME space. And David, I understand that FSB recently carried out a survey of the SME markets. And I wondered if you could Tell me a little bit about the scope of the survey and some of its key findings. Well, we did. Um, we, we were concerned that we were getting a lot of members who were, were struggling uh, to get the advice that they, they needed. So we took a bit of a straw poll and we had around 500 uh, members respond, uh, which is a decent segment. Um, three quarters of them said that they'd been seeing price increases. That's no surprise because we're in the middle of a a hard market, and uh, we're seeing a lot of that. But more worryingly, a quarter of them said that they'd seen cover reductions, uh, and a third said that they had um, uh, experienced um, restrictions and, and additional terms on their their policies. Um, 
we we obviously feel that advice is very important. So the one stat that came out of it that we were uh, were quite pleased to see uh, was that seventy five percent of SMEs, according to our polls, still use an insurance broker. So they're still going somewhere to uh, to find out what they should be doing and and where they should be spending their money. No, fantastic. Thank you very much for that, David. And and Jonathan, in your role, are you seeing that increased focus on advice over price reflected in the expectations and requirements of SME businesses? I think so, particularly uh, since COVID. And there's been a great focus in terms of what exactly am I covered for? And sometimes a misconception in terms of what uh, these SME clients think they're buying and what they actually are buying. So we're getting more increased calls from insurance brokers, which is predominantly who we operate through, uh, coverages in terms of the covers that uh, clients are buying, and particularly new new areas such as cyber, which is really you know uh, topical at the moment. So uh, definitely is changing, and you know SMEs realizing you know, it isn't such a simple purchase as say buying household insurance. Um, there are lots of insure techs out there and, you know, they're doing a great, great job. Um, but still at its heart, the SME product, um, even if it's aimed at the, the micro end of the market, it's still quite a complex product and businesses are complex. And brokers add, in our view, a, a significant, you know, value in that in that distribution. Well, I'm very grateful that you brought up COVID before I did, Jonathan, because, of course, it's absolutely impossible to ignore and there's no doubt that it has impacted every business to some degree and David I was just wondering maybe you first if you could outline some of the key ways that you're seeing SMEs adapting post-COVID if we can call it post-COVID. Yeah I mean the the the, the majority of, of of SMEs particularly the ones that have been around for a while and will, will continue to uh, to survive and, and prosper they, they probably do so through diversification they, they change their model to um, adapt to, to circumstances. And so, you know, we're, we're seeing lots of businesses who, who, was, who are doing things differently. Uh, you know, perhaps they were, were, were premises-based and they're now uh, um, delivering or installing. Uh, they used to acquire their product from, from certain places and they've started to acquire them from other places or, or even make things themselves. Um, obviously, there's the... Uh, and this sort of talks a little bit to the, the cyber risk as well. There are lots of people who perhaps were, were selling to a local audience from a premises who suddenly discovered a huge worldwide market uh, for their product through, through Internet sales. And that leads to, you know, even, even more complexities uh, around things like um, uh, territorial limits and jurisdiction and, 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 and things that perhaps... Um, when you're trying to, to keep your business going and, and keep trading, you wouldn't even think of. But, but they're things that, uh, uh, again, uh, SMEs need advice on to make sure they're properly covered. Fantastic. It's interesting to hear how SMEs are doing things differently. And is that something that you're seeing in the market as well, Jonathan, post-COVID? Uh, yeah, definitely. There's a mo- there's mu- much more of an interest in terms of coverage. Um both from clients and and from brokers as well. Uh, brokers have always been interested in cover, but I think uh, now more than ever, um, it we've seen more of a kind of a shift in, in our opinion, the shift uh, you know, towards uh, the quality end of the market. You know, we're seeing brokers you know, much more interested in in coverage and value. Uh, prices, let's not get it wrong. Prices 
vitally important. And as David said, you know, uh, SMEs sometimes are more interested in keeping the lights on rather than, you know, uh, what coverage they've got. But that that is is changing. And in, in particular areas like, you know, how they export businesses, where they're importing from, the changes of Brexit. And of course, in the last 18 months, we've seen a massive shift to hybrid working or working from home, which is now turning into hybrid working. And what does that mean for the modern business going forward when workers will be, you know, potentially working from home 100% of the time to two to three days a week? What what does that mean in terms of the risk profile? Um, and not just that, but also, you know, the health and safety of workers who are working from home, the mental health, you know, new risks will start to start to emerge and in particular the one thing that we have seen is cyber um you know really coming to the fore both in claims unfortunately but also clients uh and customers interest in cyber cover no and it's really interesting that you mentioned that obviously sme clients are looking to keep the lights on very understandably and david with all the challenges that face smes even at the best of times do you think it's fair to say that insurance is maybe not at the top of an sme agenda um, it, it's very interesting because most of uh, the colleagues that, that we speak to are still saying that, that, that businesses, that SMEs are continuing to renew their policies, they're continuing to buy policies. I think that um, SMEs in particular have, have spent a long time uh, building and developing their own business. They're very connected to it and they want to protect it. So, uh, you know, the, 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 there's a very sensible approach to continuing to buy insurance. The the piece of advice that we're really trying to get out there uh, over and above everything else following the last 18 months is that your, your insurer, your underwriter, bases their, their, their assessment of your risk on what you do. And if the last time you told them about that was 18 months ago, and now you're doing all sorts of different things, remember his sort of passport photograph of what you do is 18 months old. So it's really important to talk to your advisor and get it to the top of the agenda just to make sure you, you are properly covered and that your insurers know exactly what you're doing now. No, that's fantastic advice. Thanks very much for that, David. And, and given the current state of affairs, Jonathan, and given the need for SMEs to find the right insurance solutions, how do you think insurers can react to make insurance more palatable to SMEs? I think they can make it um, a number of things, actually, I'm sure David will agree to this. They can make it easy to understand uh, in terms of what they're covered and importantly, what they're not covered. Um, the insurance contract is a, is a fairly complex piece of, you know, uh, law to understand. I'm, I'm sure you agree to that, David. So yeah, absolutely, again, yeah. uh, tra transparency, easy to understand, uh, easy to explain what you're covered for, what you're not covered for, but also your duty and what you have to do to ensure that you are covered as well is is a really important is a really important thing to understand that you know you have cover but there certainly are obligations on you to ensure that you know when it should the worst happen you are fulfilling your side of the contract it's not just a one side to the contract um, and that's really important to understand but you know clients are buying you know a relatively complex product with lots of detail, hence hence the need to go to an insurance broker, in my view. I think, if I can add, the, 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 the never was that um, truer that in respect to cyber insurance, because um, you know, it, it is a new class of insurance. And 
um, you know, the, the market has been sort of developing for, for a couple of years. But the, there, are, the, there are issues around um, terminology and clarity uh, the, that we could all do with get, getting our heads around a little bit, really. And, um, you know, sometimes I think um, SMEs understand the need to be looking at, at protecting uh, against their cyber risk, but, but find it quite difficult uh, to, to, to wade through uh, the, the various products which don't necessarily seem to be consistent insurer to insurer. So uh, can cause a bit of confusion and a bit of muddle in the, in, when the SME is looking to buy. I completely agree, David. Um, as you know, cyber coverage can pop up in, in, any, in, in a number of different sections within an insurance contract without even realising that it is covered. Um, and, you know, that's, that's again, the value, of the, uh, the value of an intermediary to explain to their clients um, and to give that service that, you know, intermediaries and insurance brokers do give. Um, you know, technology has changed and is changing the way that insurance is, is being purchased uh, with the, you know, the, the rise of the insure tech. Um, but it's really important when those products are developed, you know, they are developed with the end, you know, small end of the SME customer in mind and their level of understanding about what they're buying and what they're being sold. And also, I, I just called uh, cyber insurance a class. And it, really, it's not a class of insurance. It's it's more akin to a commercial combined because, you know, developing what, what Jonathan said there, um, you know, there are, there are elements that cover property damage, business interruption, liabilities, and um, not all policies, standalone policies, cover all aspects. So, um, you know, it, it's, a, it's a complex product, even at the, uh, at the, at the SME end where uh, perhaps the, the, the risk is deemed not quite so high as, as with a multinational or, or a public body. Thanks very much for that. And it's, it's quite interesting because a lot of the conversation around brokers and broker communication is how they need to talk to their end insureds and communicate what's going on adequately to them. And I just wanted, maybe starting with you here, Jonathan, do you find that that communication needs to start with the insurer that brokers need to avail of the thought leadership and of the communication channels that are open to them? Yeah, I think you know definitely insurers and insurance brokers working far more closely together about um, the combination of skills that both that both you know the, the the broker has in terms of being the, the the client end and the distributor of the product, but also what insurers can bring in terms of their knowledge, uh, what they're seeing across their portfolios, trends they're seeing. So, for instance, you know. We've, with the with the work uh, the move to kind of remote working, uh, we're starting to think for some of our new products, our office product. What does that mean for kind of the hybrid office going forward? Not just in terms of the physical risk, but also the liabilities, the the employer's liability. What does that mean in terms of health and safety? In terms of mental health going forward, and you know by working more closely. With companies like David's, FSB, their their deep understanding about what customers really think and behave in the real world, plus some of the kind of the uh, intellectual knowledge that the insurers can bring from a technical standpoint. Yeah, can I can I chip in as well there? Because yeah. I think I think the other the other important thing, and this is where it, it is so key that the you know companies like uh, insurers like travellers uh, 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 having these conversations. It's around the delivery of the product as well, because um, quite quite rightly, 
um, insurers are looking to streamline and, and make the, the delivery of product as efficient as they, they possibly can. Uh, but as, as we alluded to at the start of the conversation, um, some, some SMEs can be complex, even though they're not very big. And trying to find the right mechanisms to, to get the information and present the information uh, in, in, a, uh, in an efficient format, but without taking away the, the opportunity to, to discuss uh, sort of relevant complexities it is really, really important. And, um, you know, I think that's quite key as we go forward because so many insurers are looking at ways of, of speeding up processes. Yeah, the, the, the flight for cost reduction has got to be balanced with, um, you know, the, the, the base loss ratios, David, I agree, and the exposures. So there's a fine balance between trying to cut cost out of the industry and not losing sight of, you know, claims and premium. I completely agree. Yeah, to use, the, to use that awful expression, uh, the, the, the unsophisticated buyer, which basically, uh, in our sense, means someone that doesn't really understand insurance could could go and, and buy a nice slick uh, product having answered six questions and got a, a standard vanilla policy that, that's totally inappropriate to them. And, and, and that, uh, you know, as time goes by, can cause as many problems as um, taking a bit of time to, to get it right in the first place. So just getting that balance right is, is important. Um, Absolutely, yeah. And there was a fantastic, fantastic um post from somebody on LinkedIn yesterday that they yeah, a client had come to them and they their their business description was wrong. They were uh, listed as self-employed when actually they were a limited company. They were listed that um, their business activities were um, in haulage and they were in a far wider, yeah, far wider. Um, so, you know, when the insurance broker looked at it, Yes, they they couldn't get to the two hundred pound premium, but they ended up advising the customer on exactly what risks that business faced. Fantastic, and that's where the the real value of the broker does come to its fore, I suppose. Yeah, completely agree. Um, but you know, against that backdrop, products you know do need to simplify in terms of how they're presented. Customers don't always think how David and I think. You know. There's property insurance, there's business interruption, there's loss of profits. They think about terms in as their business that I've got things to insure. You both work with a variety of SMEs of varying complexities. And I just wondered, are you confident about the future of the SME sector? Maybe starting with you there, David. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very confident. They really are a, a resilient bunch. And uh, uh, they know how to adapt their, their business models to to survive. Um, obviously, as, as we um, record this podcast, uh, various uh, little safety nets that have been in place over uh, the last 18 months or, or so are disappearing um, with uh, things like the, the end of the furlough scheme uh, and uh, VAT going back up again in, in the sort of restaurant businesses and, and what have you, uh, loans now needing to be repaid uh, rent freezes, finishing all of that sort of thing. So, so cash flow, which is a really, really important part of uh, the, the the SME's daily concerns, uh, is going to be tough for a while. But I'm I'm really confident that the the majority of, of SMEs uh, who who are who are well established will have adapted their business to to survive and thrive. 
Fantastic. Nice to hear an optimistic approach there, David. And how about yourself, Jonathan? No, I completely agree. You know, SMEs are very entrepreneurial. They're very fleet of foot. Um, they will adapt. They will change. As David said, you know, some of his clients now, you know, becoming, you know, moving from traditional kind of retailing to e-tailing and selling products, you know, literally all over the world. So, uh, and sadly, there will be some losers, you know, and, uh, but, you know, the world evolves and changes, um, you know, the next few months are, as David said, are going to be quite stressful and there's going to be some stresses and strains on certain sectors of the SME industry. Um, but it, you know, it will survive and it has to survive because from those SMEs, they, you know, they are the lifeblood of the UK. As you mentioned, there will be stresses and strains for the SME market going forward. And I just wondered for those who are looking to find out a little bit more about the work that Travellers and FSB are, are doing to work with and for SME clients, what's the best way to get in contact with you? Uh, they can log on on travellers.co.uk, uh, where there's plenty uh, of information available about the products, but they can also put an inquiry in on that website and uh, one of the Travellers team or one of my team will make contact with them. Fantastic. And for you, David? Uh, from our point of view, if, if there are um, smaller firms who are listening to the podcast who want broader, more general help, support, advice, I'd recommend that they go straight to the Federation of Small Businesses website to have a look at all of the the things that can be done there uh, for general information um, uh, around uh, all of the different aspects of insurance that might affect your business uh, our website which is www.fsb-insurance-service.com provides a lot of blogs and uh, information that, that, that's useful it never ceases to amaze me how interested people are in things like electrical certification and uh, uh, what the EL Employers Liability Tracing Office is. Honestly, you, you wouldn't believe how many hits those parts of the website get. But uh, for general information, by all means, go and have a look there. Thank you for listening to this episode of IBUK Talk. For more from Jonathan and the team at Travellers, visit them at travellers.co.uk. That's travellers.co.uk for more. Thank you for listening to IB Talk. For the latest episodes, be sure to follow us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts.